As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eat teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese is Philadelphia. Both and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Zach coming at you with steps and things, flapping their wings this on. Thing, uh, they can feel like bathing suits. What they, you know, what <laughs> Finish it up. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta take them off. What the hell? What, what they show is, is revealing, but what they conceal is vital, right? So, <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Burns with Friends on a Monday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn here to talk about Monday's practice, practice number four for the Philadelphia Eagles. We've got, we'll have the Quackus report. We'll send it to the Stone Cold Newsman. We'll talk about things we've learned to the first four days. But really, tonight is about sleepless nights. Tonight is about being excited for tomorrow. Because tomorrow, Zach, the pads go on. And, and it's not really football until you can hit somebody. Am I right? Well, it is going to be an exciting practice, right? I mean, the, the pads come on. You and an astute observer of practice will be there front and center for O-line, D-line, um, which, you know, they, they had it today. The first time today. Very With exciting. shoulder pads on. But as Marissa can probably tell us, it's better when it's full padded, right? So uh, they will be out there tomorrow full pads, and it will be a good day to really ascertain or evaluate the linemen as opposed to the skill guys. He's first – Three, four days have been mostly about skilled guys. Tomorrow, that's when you start evaluating the guys wearing the guardian hats. Mm, the big, strong, powerful men. Marissa, how are you, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Um, weekend was great. Um, caught up on the Jeter documentary. I actually watched it twice. Um, so obviously that was a great weekend. Um, yeah, it was beautiful here in Northeast Ohio. So can't complain. How about you guys? Great. And uh, nothing else going on in Cleveland related nope. to football. We will stay away from uh, anything that could be. So, uh, you know, yep. let's, let's beautiful let's sunny Eagles. weekend. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I heard there's no t- no live tackling in Eagles uh, practice. So obviously that's got to be talked about. That's right. Um, Zach. Yes. Do you mind if we send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman? I don't know if you uh, need to like 
jump into the phone booth like uh, Clark Kent. Uh, now, are you? Is that? Are, do you know who Clark Kent? Clark Kent is. Of course, big Superman fan. Okay, so yes. uh, hop into your phone booth as yep. we now prepare to send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman for the latest from the Novacare Complex and all the happenings as the Philadelphia Eagles continue training camp. Eagles sixth round pick Grant Calcaterra has a hamstring injury. He is out for, uh, there's no definitive timetable yet, but coach Nick Sirianni said they will be cautious with his recovery. So he is sidelined right now. Good news for the Eagles defensive tackle Milton Williams back at practice today on a limited basis. He had an elbow injury that sidelined him in Saturday's session. Other than that, Zach Pascal. An injury to monitor there has an, uh, a stomach illness that required hospitalization, apparently. Uh, he is on the mend. It sounds like he's getting better, but still no word on his recovery there. And other than that, really, that there's, there's no major news. Eagles have stayed uh, relatively healthy. No transactions yet to date. Back to you in the studio. Back to you in the studio. All right. Zach, have you ever had food poisoning? <laughs> I've never had well nah you know it's it's interesting you frame it that way no I I, I don't think I've had like why why is that interesting food? well well I, I I've had like meals that might not agree with me but I I won't know if I would consider them yeah I think you would know if you've had food poisoning right exactly so I've, I've never had the the type of food poisoning that you see when a player's out I've I've had like you know I'm not gonna go to this restaurant again. Type type meals, right? Okay. Only once in my life have I had true true food poisoning, and it was uh, a terrible night spent, you know, sleeping on the, at the at the floor of the toilet, waking up every uh, few minutes. Uh, tough tough scene. Probably shouldn't have eaten that uh, that that leftover shrimp that had not been refrigerated. Bad job by a twenty uh, year old uh, college student. Stupid thing to do. Marissa, how about you? Um, I have not, but uh, Michael got food poisoning on Thanksgiving, not at my house. I'll oh, just no. say that um, early on in us dating and he can't look at turkey the same. So, oh, no. Yeah. Really? really Thanksgiving? Rough. Yeah. Like that's his favorite holiday. So, yeah. Mine the stuffing well. was cooked in the turkey. And, you know, like I don't you're not supposed to do that. Um, and mm. he loves stuffing. So he had a lot of stuffing. That's that what they had. say. Yeah. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do the dry stuffing. Yep. So, mm. yeah, I fortunately have not experienced that, but I've had to witness him experience it. So not great. But now was it was it a multi-day affair for Michael? You don't have to put him out to you know, <laughs> on blast here, but was it or was it one bad night? It was like a day and a half. Oof. Yeah. Did he like lose weight? Was it in the middle of a football he season? Thought it, no, it was it must have been a year that he was like hoping to get picked back up because he was home. Okay. Oh, you can read I, all about now that. Now I just spoiled where he got the situation. <laughs> 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 I was trying to spare that, but yeah. I was, was going to say, yeah, if 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 readers want to know about that journey, they can read Bo's story on Marissa and Michael that appeared on the Athletic last summer. Yeah, I don't think the I don't think the food poisoning uh, anecdote made it in there, but yeah, by all means, yeah, Bo, I'm 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 curious what you're doing going with shrimp in Winston Salem. I would not expect like Winston yeah, Salem. Well, to be actually, this was Greensboro. It was the summer after I graduated college. Okay. I mean, you're 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 a dumb. I mean, you know, you can get get good Thai food in lots of places, but yeah, I mean, wasn't wasn't the smartest move I ever made. It was after uh, I remember it very vividly. It was after uh, 
we saw The Dark Knight. So mm -hmm. summer of two thousand eight, and it was a dark night for you. It was a night, and it was a very ah, well done, Marissa. For me. Good work. That's exactly right. <laughs> Weird deal I had that summer, uh, interning at the Business Journal, the uh, the Triad newspaper, uh, and uh, living with living with a just a, a random roommate. You know, couple couple months. That was my that was my summer. How did the the uh, the that random roommate take the food poisoning? You know, he, for some reason, he was gone that night. Okay. So I did have the house to myself, which was probably for the best. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely for the best. <laughs> yeah. Definitely for the best. Uh, all right. Yeah. A lot of, lot of throwing up. Okay. Good way to start the pod. Yeah. Lot what of, is your way? Talk early and often here. Yes. And of course, Zach Pascal, uh, the one who is who is dealing with that for the Eagles. All right, Zach. Uh, you uh, were at the uh, behind the wheel for the uh, report today. So let's let's get into the Quackus report. Uh, as you as you alluded to, we saw O line D line one on ones for the first time. But let's start with the uh, the macro perspective. I would say through three days, we said uh, offense won the first day, defense won the second day, and the third day. How did you fare? How would you call it if you were a boxing judge on day four, offense versus defense? Draw, mm, right? Okay. Uh, nine nine. If you're a boxing judge, yeah, slight lean perhaps toward the offense. But you know what? As I'm thinking about it, I. I, I thought if you're evaluating Jalen Hurts, and I, I did a lot of Jalen Hurts watching today, I thought he Flex. was, I thought he was efficient, right? Um, I, I thought you asked uh, Nick Sirianni a really good question, or a question that got a really good answer before practice about the interceptions. And I Nick agree, Sirianni, it was a better answer than question. And, and, and Nick Sirianni brought us through each of Jalen Hurts' three interceptions because his evaluation of the quarterbacks or of the passing game rather through the first three days was that you want to cut down on the turnovers. Well, there were no turnovers today. Uh, there were only two incompletions from what I uh, uh, jotted down. I, I should say it was a heavier running day than maybe some other days. But, uh, you know, it, there were a lot of short, intermediate passes. And Jalen didn't go downfield too often. And what I wrote in the practice observations is there, frankly, might be Sundays this fall where, that's what the Eagles want from Jalen, right? Efficient, put the ball in a spot where A.J. Brown can run after the catch. A.J. Brown had a slant that he was in position to run after the catch. There was a play early on in practice when um, Jalen stepped up into, into the pocket through to Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith had some ground in front of him to run. Um, the Eagles, when they're talking about big plays or explosive, explosive plays, it, it might be coming with, with yards after the catch as opposed to those deep shots downfield. So that's what jumped out to me there with the, the two incompletions, one that, that um, it was the Dallas Goddard, and uh, it was seemed slightly underthrown. And then there was another one. I don't know if it was a miscommunication or an overthrown pass. Or a miscommunication. <laughs> but it was it was to A.J. Brown um, along the right sideline where where uh, you were standing. So, so, so you probably had a good vantage point there. Uh, defensively, and I, I know you'll probably get to this, I thought the story of the day, and this was the lead of the practice observations, uh, was Jordan Davis jumped out. Like I, I wrote Jordan Davis, you you can't watch Jordan Davis in practice and not notice him, right, because he's such a big guy. Uh, but he made plays on the ball today. Um, he stuffed the run early on. There was a play that I I I didn't know if it was a sack or if they if if they allowed Hurts to pass it. Um, but, but he was in the backfield cleaning up there. And um, the fact that he penetrated was a good sign. In a game, that's either a sack or, a, 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 at the least, 
a quarterback hit. Like he was, he was right there. Uh, so, so, so that's a good sign. I, I thought for Jordan Davis, this was of the he four days with the best the, Jordan the, Davis day, and he got reps with the first team for the first time. Um, yes, and, and I think that has a lot to do with you know Milton Williams is down and and Fletcher Cox is sort of in and out at at the moment. So don't uh, read too much into it. But yeah, I, I thought I would agree that this was of the of the four days of camp. This was the first day where Jordan Davis was a uh, was a focal point. Yes. To the uh, to the point you were you were talking about Jalen Hurts and Sirianni's answer. I thought that was a good um, overview of the the kinds of things we've talked about. So he ha- he's had three interceptions in team periods. Uh, on the first day, he had that one to the left corner of the end zone where it was a it was like a one on one route between Goddard and Marcus Epps, and Goddard looked like he had a little bit of a step right away, and Epps made a really nice play and cut in front of the ball, made made a nice interception. Sirianni said that was like he, he should have made a better throw. The ball should have maybe come out a little bit sooner, but that was like a mistake you live with. Uh, I'm not so sure that like if it was actually a red zone, uh, you know, in, a, in the regular season, you wouldn't really want that. But uh, that was like a better play by Marcus Epps than it was a bad decision um, by Hertz. There was the interception from Avante Maddox on the second day of practice where Sirianni said he would like to see Hertz check that one down. Um, and otherwise, like the, the throw could have been a little better. He said, you probably live with some mistakes inside the pocket uh, more than you do bad decisions. And that's why the, the one interception of the three that really uh, rankled him and they want to correct is the one from Saturday when Jalen Hurts was rolling to his left and sort of tried to fire a ball into a tight window across his body. And Andre Sachere made the interception. And that was the one where, um, you know, that, that was the one they really don't want to see. And, you know, my question was like, is this, is this a, uh, an opportunity for him to like try things? and see if they work or do you want him to be treating every rep like it is a game rep and my understanding was that like he's not really super interested in him trying things he wants him to make the right decisions because this is practice for making those decisions when when the uh the nerf bullets are live i would agree with that assessment aj brown said on it was it was wednesday of last week that you have to understand there are times in training camp when they're trying new things, right? But I, I, excuse me, I interpreted Nick Sirianni's answer the same way you did. That uh, that they they want him like to make these right decisions. Actually, Sirianni had a. It, it wasn't to your question. I think it was to the first question of the day when he he said they've 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 gone back and like shown in meetings these decisions and and said this was the right decision. Like 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 you went right where you were supposed to on this play. Right. And so I, I think that's what they're, they're looking for here. And his point was also that, that the offense in general, like yeah. everybody was doing the right thing, which is why he said he has been pleased uh, with the passing offense so far. Uh, there was one other thing I was going to say, and I've not forgotten it. So there you go. Uh, all right, Zach, anybody else, anybody else stand out to you on uh, in during the team drills on the offensive side of the ball? So I, I mentioned AJ Brown, right. And it was, it, it was just because it was so, it was one play. But it was so obvious that when, you know, Shiel, our former co-host, uh, who was at practice today, Shiel was was gazing up to, to to use the phrase I would say gazing um, up um, AJ Brown about how fun he is to watch for the fans, right? And I think when you see AJ Brown in the open field, you see why that is. To me, it's it it reminds me. Uh, this this might come off as hyperbole. 
it reminds me almost like T.O., right? When when T.O. gets the ball in the open field with a head of steam, good luck to the defensive back who, who needs to bring him down. A.J. Brown's built that way. He runs that way. And I think that's, that's, that's what you saw on that slant. Um, who else jumped out in practice? I, I think Miles Sanders had a good practice, right? Miles Sanders now – it's well, let's get running. into this uh, as okay. as uh, Berman Sandersgate continues and moves on into day two, uh, or at least uh, practice two, maybe day three. There was a bit of a uh, there was a bit of a continuation of this storyline early in practice. <laughs> this has nothing to do with me, Bo. Um, we don't know that. <laughs> Miles Sanders went for a big run, and he seemed to have something to say to. Mm. Somebody or did some yapping, or did some John. yeah, no, I was in the opposite corner. I, I was so to to give to be the eyes for our listeners and our viewers here. The Eagles have three practice fields. Okay, when they are on the middle field, you can't stand on the sideline. So the only place that you can watch it is from the end zone, from the far end zone usually, and uh, in that case. You can either stand toward a side and, and look at it from an angle as you did, or they have um, stairs, uh, you know, they, they have mm. seating that you can stand on and you can get, and, and you get the bird's eye view. Uh, now it is from a distance, but that's where I was. So when you're there, you're a little farther from the action. So you can't hear any of the dialogue, if you will. And so I, I, I don't know what Miles Sanders was, was, was saying or who he was saying it to. Miles so where's Zach? Had, where's the handsome guy? <laughs> I don't Did think he was that? saying that, but if, if he said that, I would appreciate the nice words. Thank you. Um, but uh, Miles Sanders had a nice run. He's been running the ball, in my opinion, really well this summer. Now, I, I frame it that way, running the ball, because like you pointed out, the first day he dropped or he bobbled a pass, and you, you've seen, I think, Gainwell more in the passing game early on than, 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 than we've seen Miles in the passing game. But uh, – Miles looks healthy. He looks explosive. And as long as those, as long as he stays healthy, I think he's in line to have a, a really good season. And as we we've talked about, I, you know, I think in a more running back friendly situation than probably any running back in the entire league. So in a contract year, not necessarily a chance for him to have a monster year. So well, I say I, that because the the offensive line is very good. Yes. And because the quarterback takes so much attention away from just the running back because of his running ability, I think – now, I understand you, 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 your uh, counterpoint might be, might be volume, yep. but on a, yeah, on a, on a per-play basis, I think he's in as friendly a, an opportunity as anybody. I mean, I, I certainly don't want to put words in Miles Sanders' mouth, right? Um, but Miles Sanders had a podcast this summer with John Clark where he kind of suggested yeah. that, like – you know, the volume isn't there. Right. Um, so well, maybe, he, maybe, maybe for once he could prove that he could handle that volume <laughs> without getting injured. We'll see. So, but, but I think he's had a good summer and I thought he had a good day today. And part of it might be like the, the Jordan Matthews effect where, you know, when you finish all your, your right. runs all the way to the end zone, like it, it's, Aaron it stands Scrolls, out. As, yeah, exactly. Um, but what jumps out to me is the acceleration, like the explosiveness. He's he's getting through the hole and and to the corner pretty quickly this summer. Now, speaking of John Clark and speaking of Miles Sanders, uh, I had a couple questions from uh, from subscribers about the 
like the rabbit-eared nature of some of the uh, Eagles, it seems like. You know, you've got A.J. Brown, uh, you know, paying attention to the chatter about Jalen Hurts over the summer and being uh, pretty responsive. You've got the Miles Sanders situation. You've got Jalen Rager today uh, responding to a John Clark tweet about uh, Rager having drops in camp, which I actually didn't I didn't notice, but I may not have been paying attention to that part of the field at the time. I might have been watching O-line, D-line, one-on-ones. Uh, is this like a, is this a thing that's on your radar? Like, is are you worried that people are players are paying too much attention to what the uh, yokels like us are writing? Not necessarily, right? I think I think this is fairly common now. Uh, you know, social media tends to give a forum, if you will, and then perhaps that's a good thing. But but in essence, wasn't you know Jason Kelsey's whole uh super bowl speech well not whole suit but a big chunk of his super bowl speech was about this very topic right like responding to narratives Mm. um and and so no it's uh, i don't think it's it's uh it's a big deal i i I know it gets attention i mean you can say their attention should be allocated elsewhere um but but to me like you know they're 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 gonna be paying attention to it i actually I kind of find it laughable sometimes when like they act like they don't know what's being said mm. or written about them. It's uh, I'll, I'll, no, I'll give a slight somebody, you know, Bob, it's yeah. Bob's job to tell me what you guys are yeah. going to ask about. So he told me I'll give a slight um, pop culture reference here, uh, here we go. which is I, and I, I hope I, I, I don't screw this up because I don't know the song and I don't know who sings it, but I was in an airport one time and I heard this on and I, I remember the lyrics stuck out to me. Okay. There's a song, and I'm sure you probably know it, Bo, because you're a, a big music guy. Um, I don't want the, anybody else. The lyric was, the lyric was, um, you're so vain, you probably think this song is about you. Mm. Um, and I remember being Classic, in, the, yeah. in the airport, and I, I, I remember hearing it and thinking like, well, the song is about this person, so how, how vain are they actually, right? Mm. Um, so so it's, it's like they always say, like... Uh, you know, nobody cares what you, what you guys say, but clearly, like, if you were responding to that, then, then then you care what what is being said, right? Would you be surprised to know that the name of that song is "You're So Vain"? I would not. I I, re- I remember that lyric, and who sang it? Would you like to take a guess as we get, enter Zach's pop culture corner? I literally have no idea. The answer is Carly Simon. Okay. Carly Simon, could you, would you, if I had said that name to you, would you have known that that was a person in the zeitgeist? This is no. an old song. No, no, that name. I, I'm looking in our chat now. Claire Flaxman says, "How does Zach not know this song?" Yeah, it's it's a very Claire. Like, I'm sorry to tell you that song. Claire, there, there's a lot of things that I, I I feel confident I I can speak with intelligence about. Music is not high on that list, right? So. Um, you know, I, and as you let it be known, the, the, uh, song that you did a wonderful job with during the Ospreys, uh, friends in low places, you had never heard that song before. So it tells you what a talented musician you are. You're turn that bad boy around. I heard the song. I, I, I mean, I probably heard it in, you know, like a restaurant or, uh, you know, but I, I didn't know the song per se, but, uh, but. Yeah, I, I don't listen to music in the car. I, I, I listened to a great podcast this morning 
um, it was it was Michael Lewis, the author, and he was it was about this this fascinating. I, I don't know. We don't need to get into it. Let's it hear it. About, We've already started on it. <laughs> it was about this this um, this government employee who spent 15 years learning about or or, or studying about how things drift in the sea. And it's ended up saving all these people. It's it's it was really interesting. So um, yeah, I listened to that this morning. I did not listen to music in the car. How many podcasts do you listen to? Oh, good week question, today? Claire. Like me. like episodes or different podcasts? Like I yeah, like how many podcasts are on your regular rotation that you that you are like eight or ten? Um, but 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 then I'll search. You know, if 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 I read something about somebody. Or like like someone has a book coming out, for instance, I'll search them and I'll listen to 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 a a, a certain interview they they might have done. Or you know, I I saw my um, I don't know. We don't need to get into this. No, nope, let's we're here. <laughs> I went with my uh, with my in laws to see uh, to kill a mockingbird this summer, right? And um, in preparation for that, like I I, I searched, you know, different. Um, interviews that Aaron Sorkin had done about To Kill a Mockingbird and Jeff Daniels when he was the lead in it. So, in any event, <laughs> this wait, is Sorkin wrote the rewrote the play. Yes, yes, it's it's his How adaptation. Pretentious. <laughs> Sorkin, do you get your own stuff? This is a this is a classic. We don't need you. Uh, he did a terrific job. I, I would recommend anyone who hasn't seen it to to see it. It's 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 terrific. Anyways, let's get back to football, but. The, the the reason that came the, up is because uh, like the 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 uh, hutzpah to think that you can improve on on To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, only only Aaron Sorkin could well, deal no, with this. Well, no, actually, American that's classic. that's what his he was saying in the interview in the podcast is that like it's so intimidating because it's hard to improve on on this. So he just kind of has a different version of it. Better. Is I Boo see John Dickerson. John Dickerson says Zach. Zach does know it was a book, right? Yeah, yes, John. That. I've read yeah, yeah, that book a number of times. Yes. Books, books, you can give Zach some. <laughs> yes, some exactly. Credit. Music, I can't. Books, I'm glad to talk to you about books. What's the, uh, the you know, the Mockingbird song you might not know, but. From Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. Mock, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I know that one. All right. Let's uh, let's take a little break and, and come back and talk some more uh, <laughs> defense. What else we saw at practice today? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn back on Birds with Friends. Zach, uh, Frankie Montas, Montas traded to the Yankees uh, during the break. How do you feel about that? How does that help your fantasy team? 
Yeah, big move for the Yankees. And uh, the number two team in my in my league has Frankie Montes and on an expiring contract. So curious to see uh, how that affects the trade market. Marissa, how are we feeling about the Bombers? Uh, um, whatever to win. That's the Yankee motto, right? <laughs> Watching the Jeter doc, it's like all the, you know, those late 90s teams and all the championships. So haven't won since 2009. So ready, ready to go back into October. I know Phillies fans listening to this are probably hating all of this, but uh, that's that's where I draw the line. Jeter, Yankees, that's always been my team. So Enjoying that Jeter doc. Yeah, it's good, really man. good. Zach, really what good. place are you in? Right now I'm in fifth. Fifth? And how many yes. teams? 16. 16. And we're talking both leagues? Yes. Okay. Five by five? Yes. Okay. On base percentage <laughs> yes. or average? Batting average. Okay. I'm in third place in our NL only league. Of um, how many teams? Of 10. Uh, but NL only. Uh, so I have no idea what kind of season Frankie Montes is having because he's irrelevant to me. He's having a good year. He was, he, he was out for a bit is, with an injury and he came back, looked good in his last start. And his next scheduled start will now be with the Yankees. Well, this is an interesting league because uh, it's the NL only, except it's also the Yankees. This is an, this was a oh, new rule instituted two years ago because the player pool was a little bit uh, too diluted. Like there was nobody available on the waiver wire. So every year they would rotate through a different American League team and that team wasn't a keeper. Uh, it would be like a fresh team every year. But uh, people got tired of that and they wanted the Yankees to be in permanently, which I objected to. I like the old wrinkle, but unfortunately, I didn't win out on that argument. So Frankie Montas now into the player pool can be claimed by the 8 p.m. waiver deadline. There you go. So is Back that what you're going to do in the second half of this podcast? No, I, I, I'll have, I don't think we're going to go. He's getting Zach's take. I, I don't then... think we're going to go three and a half hours longer uh, on a 45-minute uh, practice, but I could be wrong. Uh, Zach, mm -hmm. you know, I am just but a, uh, but a humble takesman. <laughs> did that offend you because um, you referenced it today to shield yeah it, it only offended okay. me um deeply to my core and and i have still not gotten over it yeah i would say <laughs> did did shield listen or did you have to explain the no situation? no he listened she has oh. notes oh she that's, has so, um, that's so great yeah so good to takesman, hear takesman implies like intellectual dishonesty like i'm not telling like i'm I'm saying things for a reaction, not because I actually believe them. That is not, that was not the implication whatsoever. That might well, have been the inference, but it was not the implication. The implication was that you're someone who has strong opinions. That's good. You have takes. No, right? I don't think that's you're right. Not, I, think a, I think a takesman implies intellectual dishonesty. And it's funny because I was, I was like in the middle of saying that and EJ Smith finished my sentence. He said intellectual dishonesty. I was like, thank you. That's exactly right. No, so that I, is... All right, so I, I view Takesman as as someone who, like, takes a position, has a strong – and by the way, Bo, if there's anything I've learned in my four years doing this podcast with you is you take a position. You're not one who's, like, who's, who's dancing Well, I think there's a difference between the podcast and, like, the written word, but, yeah. No, but on this pod, you you take a position on the spot. Yeah, I try. But there are topics where you're just like – that's I'm what I believe. Or, it's you know, or players, or coaches, or owners. It's like you're very much like this is what I think about. But there are this things player, that I feel strongly about. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna take some you about uh, practice. You know, you're getting on me because I'm I'm uh, poo pooing the uh, like what matters of one day of non padded practice and saying there shouldn't we shouldn't 
draw grand conclusions, but uh, I'm not being a takesman there. I mean, for the sake of this podcast, I will concede then. You are not you are not a takesman. You no, the, the cat opinion. is out of the bag here. Okay. Now I know what you really think of me, and I'm <laughs> I, it's it's hard for me to look at you and myself in the mirror. Wow. Bo, I, I said before, um, now, now we don't need to puff you up here, and we should get back and talk about the Eagles. But I and, – and this is a good transition to it. I said before to you and Marissa, you are so good at the practice observations. I read your practice observations from the – what was it? The, the Saturday session you did it? Yeah, Saturday yeah. session. And I thought like it was – you brought the readers there. It wasn't just like here are – some thoughts from practice, like you documented snap by snap. This is what was, this is what was happening. This is what happened in, in the one-on-ones. So that's a good way of saying here unnecessary. is let's, gas me up let's get into Bo. You were watching those one-on-ones hmm. today. O-line versus D-line. What did you see? Well, here's my, my number one takeaway uh, as a, as a takesman. <laughs> uh, Jordan Davis getting, getting a lot of gas for his performance today, you know, work with the ones. He had a couple dominant reps in one-on-ones. Uh, one of them was against Will Dunkel. Uh, so take that with a with a grain of salt. You know, Will Dunkel should not be able to block uh, Jordan Davis. For for those of you who don't know, let's let's try to let's try to do this part. Will Dunkel, undrafted offensive lineman, rookie out of San Diego State. Uh, one of them was against uh, my guy, Coyote Awashika, in which he sort of gave him a. Uh, a strong arm and was able to create some space and push the pocket. One of them was against Jack Anderson, Jack Anderson, who was a sixth round pick last year. And that was his most impressive rep of the day. He sort of just sidestepped him and swam right past him. But when he went head to head with Cam Jurgens, stoned, stonewalled. And Jurgens uh, later on, uh, or maybe before, stonewalled Rennell Wren, who was, you know, a guy who's been in the league and Equally, not maybe not quite as big as Jordan Davis, but you know, 320 pounds, a big, strong, powerful man. And I think if you were worried about Cam Jurgens, like his matchup wise, it would be against those those big fellas. And he handled both of them. And I think he's been, you know, it's it's not in pads, so take it all with a grain of salt. But but through the first four days of practice, I think Cam Jurgens has been very good. So uh very early going, has not been live. Who knows what what will happen with his career? But uh, I, I would say a very good start to Cam Jurgens' career, to my eye. That's a good recap of, of what occurred. Okay, I uh, I was in the middle field watching seven on sevens uh, when those one on ones were going on. So I was watching Jalen Hurts in the offense and the secondary. But uh, I, you know, I thought I thought you did a good job there. Some other uh, uh, big picture takeaways from those matchups. Jordan Mailata looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was good. Should have taken line. your advice with the contract, huh? <laughs> he should have. <laughs> I, uh, I was thinking about that yesterday, by the way, when I saw Orlando Brown um, is playing out. He's playing the year on, on the on the franchise tag, right? Um, he's he's, he's going to play it out. If Jordan Mailata played out last year, and there's always a risk, but, man, what what his value would have been this year. Yes, he's so young. Uh, yeah, he had a he had a he had a rep where he swallowed up Josh Sweat. It was very impressive. Um, he looks good. Lane Johnson shut down Hassan Reddick, um, which I feel like you, you probably would expect. You know, face to face. Good job by Lane Johnson. Um, Andre Dillard, I think, looks a little bit better than last year. Not quite as overpowered. He took two reps against Derek Barnett 
and decisively won the first. And then it was sort of like a stalemate on the second one. He got Dillard won the initial uh, exchange, but then Dillard or Bar Barnett rather found a way to, you know, second effort his way to the quarterback, but probably took too long. Uh, Dunkel was was uh, a disappointment. Um, Coyote was okay. Took some reps at left tackle. Uh, LaRaven Clark versus Patrick Johnson was a very popular matchup, and Clark won uh, more of those than he did not. Um, let's see what else. Um, one rep. He only took one rep. Uh, but we're talking about a down roster player. He's a third team, fourth team Sam linebacker, undrafted rookie. Ali Fayad showed a little bit of juice as a pass. Western rusher. Michigan, right? Western Michigan. That was nice. Um, Which and... got a big shout out in the Jeter documentary. Yeah. Right. That's where Jeter's father went to the the cop. Uh, I don't think that's why was... they moved to Kalamazoo, right? Yeah. Was... Yeah. yeah. Okay. His dad played baseball at. at... Fisk, Fisk yeah. University. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Sua, Sua looked pretty good. That's about it. It was actually, Sua. you know, you generally speaking, the defense has the advantage in offensive line, defensive line, one on ones, and the offensive line was was uh, much better overall than the defense. I would say. Did the Browns camp have have O line D line today? One on ones. Um, they did not. They did have live periods though. Okay. Um, so I was able to watch that. Although, like tackle to the ground. Not tackle to the ground, okay. just like team periods. Um, Thud. Okay. But it's very hard to see. I'm like squinting. So I can move around this year, thankfully, because um, there's more openness um, without the COVID restrictions. Sure. Um, mm. But Naked yeah, HD so. chimes in on the chat. Yeah. Have a good time. Find love. Oh, geez. So, Ladies and uh, gentlemen, the second spots are in. It must have the, been the Ali Fayad drop that got them in. Yeah. So to give you guys an... Um, an update on what the Eagles were wearing at practice today. They they had Being shoulder naked. pads on. They had shoulder pads on um, and shorts. They were not full. It, it was not full pads. They will be full pads tomorrow, like Bo said at the start of this podcast. There will not be tackling to the ground, which is not un uncommon based on the way the Eagles have, have done it in recent years, both under Nick Sirianni and Doug Peterson. They got away from the tackling later in Doug Peterson's time as coach. Early on, he had it. Um, and, uh, the, now I, I'm the one who asked that question and I did not, I should have asked if it's going to be different for the joint practices. And, mm -hmm. uh, my guess is that Sirianni's not there yet. Right. And that's a discussion with, with the coach, uh, you know, with, with Kevin Stefanski and Mike McDaniel, but, uh, those are, um, at, at least for the Eagles training camp, no tackling to the ground. I forgot we're going to have some like Mike McDaniel time. That's that's kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the Dolphins. Yeah. And and the Browns, I should say. And and the Browns. I'm not so like I'm not it's not that I'm looking forward to seeing the Browns. I'm looking forward to seeing one of their offensive linemen and being in Cleveland. That's really <laughs> And getting the band back together, you know. Right, exactly. And, I, you know, uh... see everybody's everybody's seeing each other's legs. Yeah. Singing. Oh, I, I got to see Mike Sando's legs on Saturday. <laughs> and <laughs> he's got, got tall legs. <laughs> he's got really tall legs. I knew he was tall. Long somebody stems on Sando. Yeah. Somebody's told me he's tall, but um, yeah, it was great getting to see him. He's on a tall whole, drink of water. He's on a whole training camp tour on um, like Midwest East Coast. So um, nice little surprise. Great to see. Um, I wonder you know. if we'll get him in, uh, in Philly. I think he I said he was going to Philly. I don't remember. He's going to a lot of places. So. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, so while I was watching O-line, D-line, what did I miss uh, that was going on during seven on sevens? 
Uh, so it's 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 I'm sorry. It's what I was mentioning there with Hertz. Uh, more drop offs. Um, you know the the short passing game. Nothing really um, jumped out there. I, I thought uh, Boston Scott did a good job um, in. You know he was mixing in with the first team. Um, he jumped out there. Marcus Epps had an interception today, off, but that was in team drill. Uh, that was a Gardner Minshew it pass. The two offense against the, the one defense. Play. Yes. Yeah, and I'll say this: Marcus Epps. We we can talk about him every session here um, or every podcast. He's jumping out to me, and I think he's um, their best safety. Yeah, like it's it's uh, there's. I mean, first off, there's no safety competition for his spot. He's the guy. There, there's there's no shuffling in and out. He's making the most of his opportunity. And I don't think this is this is like a, 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 a I'd say confirmation bias where he's out there. So it's like, you know, it's almost like a, a bias you have to confirm that he's out there. Objectively speaking, he's, he's playing well. Yes. And I'm not going to say that's definitively going to or, or, or definitely going to translate. But so far, he looks good. I agree with that. There's a there's a down roster player who's uh, who's starting to flash a little bit for me, and it's not someone who I would be predisposed uh, to liking, and that is third team safety Reed Blankenship. He's not there Why yet. Why wouldn't you be predisposed to like? Well, because he's an overager and he's a white guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. call it like we see it. Uh, and uh, I, you know, some good movement skills. He seems to be around the ball when he needs to be. Uh, I'm not, uh, you know, he's 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 in the mix uh, to potentially be the the camp crush. Not there yet. Mario Goodrich, who I called out the other day uh, for a, a little flash. Uh, not gonna happen. Not gonna happen with my guy Mario. Um, You've already made that decision. Yeah, it's not him. He's 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 pretty stiff. Okay. The more. You know, that that flash made me focus on him and the focusing stiff as a board. So Sean Bradley, by the way, um, he's been showing up this camp and had an interception. I had think the linebacker situation today, is really hole. interesting. Yes. And, and and the way I I wrote it in the practice observations is think back to 2020. I mean, Sean Bradley and Davion Taylor showed up to training camp like with a chance to earn playing time. Right, it, it didn't work out that way, and I think the uh, defensive coaches kind of determined earlier on that that these guys weren't ready for showtime, but that the plan was for them to go to camp and try to earn a job, um, or, or or try to earn playing time. Three years later, those guys, or, or three seasons later, those guys have improved, but now they're they're competing for backup spots. Right, I, I mean the top of the linebacker depth chart is is pretty much set. I mean we we heard. Um, you know, Nick Rowas speak today uh, about uh, Kaiser White, about TJ Edwards, about N'Kobe Dean. Um, so, yeah, it, I mean, to me, it, it it really shows how they've improved the depth chart there, that these guys are now your backups. Yeah, and I don't know if they're going to be able to keep all five guys. We'll see. Jacoby you keep Stevens, saying that. I, I think they're going to well, keep all five. I think probably, but I don't think it's definite. If you got to squeeze somewhere, I don't know. And Jacoby Stevens had an interception the other day in one-on-ones, actually, which was which was impressive. So somebody asked about him in the chat. I think he's got he's got a shot too. Interesting uh, position to follow in the uh, preseason games because, as we've talked about, I, th- I think the toughest position to judge in training camp uh, because they're not going live 
and you don't know exactly what their responsibilities are. All right, uh, one more break here and then back to talk about maybe what we heard from some of the other press conferences. And uh, I have a Britton Covey story to tell you. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Back on Birds with Friends, Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn. Zach, uh, we heard from Nick Rallis post-practice. We heard from N'Kobe Dean and Cam Jurgens and Kaiser White. And one other person in the back? Who was that? Jordan Davis? Jordan Davis. Oh, no, in, in the there back was, or in the... Yeah, there was somebody else in the uh, mix. Quez, what, did you mention Quez Watkins? Quez Watkins. Yeah, what were your, uh, what were your takeaways from those conversations? So I was not in on Quez. I was, was not I? in on Jurgens. Um, I was, I was in on Jordan Davis. I was in on Nick Rallis. I was in on Nicobe Dean. Um, Nicobe Dean. So it was interesting. Uh, if you recall the, the, the 2019 Georgia defense, um, he, he was a true freshman there. He didn't start, but he got playing time just about every game that year. And, uh, I asked him what he did to get on That's the field a good, early there. Good question. Yeah. And he said, he said it, it was just kind of fake it till you make it right. And he had, um, he had one package that he was involved yep. in. And then the more he was on the field, he sort of got to learn a little bit more, but he can't fake it in the NFL. Um, so I, his perspective was really interesting. I thought this was, was funny. He's talking about like, you know, I'm here with guys like Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox who have been in the league, like doing this job for 10, 12 years, like 10, 12 years ago, I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. Like these guys have been doing this job since I was nine years old. That's crazy. And it is crazy. Yeah, it, it was good perspective. I, I thought Jordan Davis uh, talked a lot about, um, you know, that, that the key for him is is just going forward as 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 opposed to kind of occupying space. That's that's the difference with the way he's he's been used. The playbook's not hard. He's at 300 or he's he's trying to be like between 335, 340. Um, that's that's the target for him. Um, and and so that's what jumped out from Jordan Davis. Uh, Nick Rallis, it was, it was kind of player by player linebackers coach just for, uh, yes. Linebackers yeah, coach talked it. about his early morning meetings with, uh, with Davion Taylor, with Davion Taylor. Um, you know, he, 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 he purposefully did not go overboard about Nicobe Dean, uh, regarding Kaiser white. He said it really benefited Kaiser white being in the chargers defense last year, because there were similarities between what the, the chargers do and what the Eagles want their linebackers to do. And then uh, regarding T.J. Edwards said that he just knows everything now. He's playing fast, and and that's the big key. You already know that he processes quickly, but it's just playing quickly is the other part of it. Uh, so that's what jumped out there. I heard Quez Watkins said that he's the fastest player in the NFL. Is that right? He, yes, he, that was his claim. Okay. Seems aggressive, but like the kind of, you know, self-belief that you would want someone like that to have he now Bo I mean you took takesman to be a an insult a compliment you had a take leading up to the draft that he was the best of the day three receivers 
Yeah, right? That's not a take. That's like a it's a belief or, a, or like like an opinion. Like a, a take. Like so, what's the difference between an opinion and a take? A take is like uh, LeBron James is like not even a top ten player of all time. Like a, a, a take is something you're saying like for a reaction. Okay, so that's that's where this is lost in translation. I I don't um, I don't view it that way. I mean, I I recall. Uh, being at my college radio station and, and Nick Wright said, I need to have more takes, right? Like he, he said, I was, I was too much into the information. He's like, people want your opinion. You, you need to have a take. And uh, so I, I view take is like, this is my, this is my take on something. This is my opinion on it. Right. Um, you know, yeah, they I mean, need there's, to some get, nuance, there's some nuance here, as you'd so like to say, you know, Demetrius Nichols. Yeah. Demetrius Nichols is, is like the most underrated player on Syracuse's team. That's a, that's a take. Right. Um, and it's not like an outlandish opinion. Right. You, you support it with X, X, Y and Z. So when I say take, I, I was paying you a compliment that you have. It, didn't, strong, it was not a compliment, whether or not it was as offensive as you meant, intended it to be. It was not a compliment. <laughs> I certainly did not intend to offend you, Bo. Well, I was offended. I, 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 I would offended. say I. I, I would say I do not want to poke that bear, right? So um, I am not messing with you there. Now you're calling me a bear? <laughs> uh, we should mention that uh, Vic Fangio in attendance for the third consecutive day. After a day off. I think that means, uh, I don't know, what does that mean? Now, he was uh, Sirianni was asked a little bit about Fangio, but, mm -hmm. you know, was sort of referencing him in, in line with, like, guys who come through. But I don't know. Feel like, it feels like three days in a row is noteworthy. Yeah, shout out to the chat shot. for pointing that out, saying, you know, is is he a potential consultant? I don't know. Three days in a row. So, so Nick Sirianni said regarding that that he allows coaches to come if people on their staff trust him, hmm. and then also you hope that you, that you can get something from that person too in conversations, right? That you hope it's a two way street. Uh, so Vic, Vic Fangio has relationships with people on the staff and that's that's why he was that's why he's he's there now he's been he's from like pennsylvania now now dunmore's not near fell or it's not like close to philadelphia but I, I i don't know if he takes up resonance around here anyways yeah he was there jim smith the defensive coordinator from iup was there last week you can read all about actually jim smith's relationship with Nick Sirianni in a story I wrote last year about Nick Sirianni's days recruiting at IUP. And next week, um, Sirianni's brother or, 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 or this week, Sirianni's brother is going to be there. I don't know if it's, if it's, I, I don't know which brother it's going to be. I assume he means Mike, the yeah, head Mike. coach at, uh, what is it called? Uh, at, at, at Washington, um, Washington and Jefferson, because yep. the, the, uh, other brother has been at yes, camp already. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Is there something with like, like fan fic, Vic, Vic fan, like fan Vic? <laughs> Would you do some Vic fan fan fic? I'm Would you write a story of, you know, imagining Vic Fangio's life as a unemployed guy visiting training camps and the kind of nonsense he might get up to? There's, there's some Vic stories fan, that fan I would... Fic. There's some stories I would throw my hand in for. That one, it's all yours. It's a, it's a mouthful. 
Here's something I saw as we were uh, interviewing, I forget who, during the uh, in the mixed zone. Now, to paint this picture, there's the the press conference tent outside, and then there's one little setup with uh, microphones behind that so that two people can be giving talks at the same time. In years past, you could just sort of grab guys as they were coming off the field during training camp. That is no longer the case. So right now it's like two people talking at a time. You don't get one-on-ones, you know, the world we live in. Tough for the Wolf stand. Uh, yeah, not ideal. But uh, we were talking to somebody in the mix zone, and I noticed uh, Jeffrey Lurie was at practice for the first time uh, of camp today. Um, and Britton Covey, the undrafted rookie wide receiver from Utah, makes his way over and introduce and, and like just inserts himself to introduce himself to Jeffrey Lurie. Do you think this is a smart move by Britton Kobe? Do you think this is a, a savvy move by an overaged rookie? Maybe knowing the game a little bit more? Or is this a thirsty move by a guy who's trying to be a bit of a Johnny tryhard and maybe focus on your job instead of trying to run, run things up the chain? I think it's one of the seven uh, habits of highly effective people. Okay, explain. All right, Bo, now this is a reference you need to understand. Well, okay? I, I've heard of the book, but I don't know the seven habits. Do you know who, who wrote the book? Um, I want to say, uh, who's that guy with the big head? I have no idea who you're Is that the guy? Who wrote it? Uh, Stephen Covey, who's the grandfather of Britton Covey. Really? Yes. Nice. Wait, Good job. Wow, that was. That was some good connections, Zach. Yes. So nice. Yeah. So uh, that's that's something that that a highly effective person would do, right? Wow. Uh, What's the habit? Imagine, What's that? What's the habit? You, you got to read the book. What, can you tell me what the one of the seven it is, or <laughs> you're gonna have to read the book? Okay. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So uh, no, I I I think it's a nice um, yeah. You you go up and you introduce yourself, uh, especially was. Was Jeffrey by himself at he was at that time? Yeah. Jeffrey okay, was alone yeah, at the there. moment. Yeah, he did not. So, so there you go. I mean, we've had times when 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 we've been at like a company dinner, and I'm waiting to introduce myself to to you know someone from the company, but, but they're mid conversation with someone else, right? So uh, yeah, that's that's a, that's a great move by by Britton Kofi. If I were, but if I were one of his teammates and I saw that, I mean, I would be I would be crushing him. I'd be Why? I'd be razzing him nonstop. Yeah. To, you'd call, him a, you'd call say, him a kiss ass. You'd call him a suck up. A su su no, all, you, all no. you're doing is. Oh, Mr. Luring, it's so nice to meet you. I'm Britton Colby. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Okay. <laughs> I just you want to make you proud. Okay. You know what? The That's first what I would say if I were his teammate, not as a so impartial journalist. If you read the book, Bo, okay, you would know one of the things they tell you uh, is to be proactive, right? That okay. would strike me as a proactive thing to do. Zach, do you think this is a take that Bo has that he would do it? <laughs> I mean, to me, like all all the guy did, all the guy did was go up and introduce himself, right? Like that's that's a nice thing. There's it was an nothing, interesting discussion, you know. There's nothing. Oh, and, and and your opinion is that that's a a suck up move to do? No, that, I mean, we're all adults here, right? You, you should go up and introduce yourself to somebody. Well, yeah, I mean, if he's like. And look at credit, uh, you know. credit to Jeffrey Lurie for being approachable, right? Well, he didn't have a choice. 
he was walking by himself. So I once did this, by the way, and I I, I learned kind of the hard way. To Jeffrey I, I think or? I, no, well, I, I, I've done that. To, when I got on the beat, I did that to Jeffrey. But my okay. first day on the Giants beat, I went up and introduced oh, yes, myself. Oh, yes, that's a story. I've told you that. And like, In the uh, cafeteria, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I think that he was a little – he's like, why is this short guy coming up to me and introducing himself to me? Yeah, I think yeah. He, thought, he probably thought handsome guy instead of short guy. Um, but... Yeah, did the same thing. I remember the Tom Coughlin. Yeah. So it's something, frankly, that, that – he said probably... you should have introduced yourself five minutes ago? <laughs> uh, no, he, he he did not say that. I, I don't think it's a bad thing to do. I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. I just, you know, I think it's an interesting thing. I'm surprised you didn't know that about uh, his grandfather. Me too. That's you know bad job. It's because I'm a, it's because I'm spending too much time on my takes and not enough time <laughs> researching the beat. <laughs> well, you got to think win-win. Britton Colby, by the way, he he talked to the media on Saturday, and um, a nice guy, uh, very like aware of his uh, limitations and what he bring, like what the value that he brings is. Uh, I would say not ideal when you're uh, when a rookie has a similar receding hairline to me. Just so you said not ideal. Like, okay. I think I, I think you have a nice head of hair, Bo. It's held on longer than I would have thought, you know, 10 years <laughs> okay. ago, I would okay. say. Okay. I thought it was going downhill pretty quickly. It's 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 holding on for dear life. You don't get a cut that frequently. That's nice true because yes, because my guy Cosmo, I gotta like make a whole deal out of it. I gotta make a whole thing. Not like you, you got yours cut like every nine days. No, no, that's not true. Back when you lived in the city, at least four weeks. Yes, oh, I thought it was more frequently than four weeks. Sometimes three. Okay, but yeah. Anyways. I do need a haircut. Anyways, let's talk football. I mean, let's just are, are, are we yeah. I mean, we're... okay. Okay. Yes. There's not much more um, to talk about. Wait, so just just real quick before we finish this up, let me pull up uh, my notes here uh, with some other things that we might want to discuss. Um, yeah, a Gardner Minshew, I, I, I don't think has had a particularly strong summer. Um, you know, I think he he's had, made some really nice throws, but he's also been sloppy with the ball. Yeah, he had uh, two, and it's not something I, I would be worried about at all. Um, yeah, I still think he's one of the better backups in the NFL. But this is our first summer watching him. If you recall, he was acquired after the third preseason game last year. Uh, trying to see here. Carson um, Strong has not been very good for sticking no, he's on not. quarterbacks. Yeah, he's that has not. been far superior. Mm -hmm. And uh, no, I think I think that's good for today. I, I saw in some other people's notes. I I didn't point this out because it's not something that I wrote down or observed. Um, but Brandon Graham. Uh, jumped out the people. Uh, you know, he lined up on the interior today, apparently. Okay. And um, so something it, to watch he did. He that. did some good work in one on ones, but it was it was not as noteworthy because he was working against the number two offensive lineman. So okay. like, you know, Brandon Graham should make easy work of you know Will Dunkel or even even Jack Driscoll, which he did. So did not point this out in the practice observations, but um, if we are observing the daily. Events of practice wouldn't overstate this, wouldn't understate it, just saying what it is. Derek Barnett jumped off sides. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I did forget that and I didn't mean to mention it so that we could yeah, get Derek your Barnett ire. jumped off sides here. Uh, and it was. And I will say that people who I was standing next to, it was very much on their radar to look for you to well, see that's... what your reaction was when Derek Barnett jumped off sides. 
did you like, you know, rip the buttons off your shirt or throw your notebook on the ground? Um, or, and my notebook is well, it's over there right now. I don't want to get out of the shot, but no, all I Very did was calmly. You just wrote in your notes. It's wrote, always him. Did not, I wrote 96 offsides. <laughs> I got to say, sometimes, sometimes I write notes and then when I go back and, and look at it like an hour and a half, I'm like, mm. what was I? It happens to because, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I don't write complete sentences. I just write number yep. and you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll write like uh six catch. Right yep. for Devonte Smith, I can but decode you, that for you. But you're like, what specifically occurred there, right? right? So, yeah, I probably need to be, and I need to take uh, a lesson from you because your practice observations, the details are well. Terrific. It's very fleeting. Like I, I, I do the same thing, and if it's the same day, I can like it will trigger the memory. I will remember what happened on that play. If it, if I look at like Saturday's notes, it'll mm -hmm. be tougher. Like, oh, gotcha. you know, so I don't know. There you go. All right, tomorrow, pads on, baby. Yep. Take a night call tonight because otherwise you're not going to be sleeping. You're going to be too excited. Yeah, but then I'm groggy the next day. That's that's the issue I've, I've been having recently. Actually, if, if anyone in the chat a lot of if anyone in the chat has a recommendation for something that, that helps you sleep, am I bumping the mic? Is that a thing I'm doing? You were for a second there. It's okay. Oh, sorry about that. Um, if anyone in the chat has a He's recommendation. He's excited for the pads. Yeah. Has yeah. a a, a recommendation to help you, uh, you know, sleep, but it's not going to leave you drowsy and melatonin and groggy the next the next morning. Uh, should I do that? Yeah, okay. People I like try that. I, yeah. It hasn't done much for me, but okay. People like it. All right. And I'm sorry for for banging the mic. Actually, I was on our um, on the Ospreys. Mm. I heard like a sound in the background. Was was that my desk or me? Yeah, moving your your little stuff around. Sometimes. Oh, my chair. It's probably my chair. Marissa, yeah. I'm sorry. It's we'll okay. Call it little stuff. Yeah. It's okay. I try to remove it when I can. It's Shoot. okay. Well, I wish you told. Okay, I will be better. Next episode. The Ospreys, you're just so excited. People in the chat seem to be recommending some uh, some marijuana for you to uh, go to sleep, Zach. <laughs> it's, I don't think that's happening. But, okay. <laughs> I'm just telling you, there have been like five recommendations in a row. Uh, just, you know, if the melatonin doesn't work, something to keep in your back pocket. All right. Well, excited for practice tomorrow. Excited to keep my chair still tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have much to discuss. It'll be the best day of practice yet. That's exactly right. So, for Zach and Marissa and Elijah, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And, as always, we love you.